Welcome to our community. This is Saratova Best, Hanukkah. We're in the third day of Hanukkah. Our question is, you know, what's it all about? You know, the story and the Menaira and the, but what's it all about? The story with the Menaira is over. We didn't do, you know, that was a long time ago. Why am I celebrating Hanukkah? And then how am I celebrating Hanukkah? Because every other Yantus, you have a meal. And when it comes to this Yantus, we light candles. How come? You know, Purim, we have a meal. Pesach, we have a meal. Rosh Hashanah, we have a meal. Sukkot, we have a meal. Should I go through all the holiday Shavuot, we have a meal. And it's a thing, you know, when you wash and you have a meal. This one, you don't. Latkes is a minhag. But you can do without it. So why are we lighting candles only instead of the meal? It's a whole different kind of yantas. What Hanukkah does in our lives and in the world today, we're no longer thinking, what does Hanukkah do for me? What does Hanukkah do for the world? Of course, we all know Hanukkah. What am I telling you? Nothing new. The Menaira is on the interface, the bridge between the dark and the light. Out there is a dark world. And that's why we light it at night. It's a very dark world. And inside is a very light world. And the Menaira is even lighter than our regular home. You know, our home, hopefully our home inside is a, is a, is a Jewish home and it's a holy, pure, listic place. And the window is the interface to this ugly, dark, klepadic, impure, evil, yada-da, place, confusing place. When we light the Menaira, it's not just the interface between that dark and that nice, warm Yiddish home, but the Menaira makes your beautiful, yummy, holy Yiddish home into something way beyond what it is the whole the rest of the year. In other words, your home is good, but your home with a Menaira in it, wow. Because now you have a visible, tangible expression of the light of Mashiach right in your home. That Menaira has literally the light of Mashiach in its flame. It's holding the flames of the, the light of Mashiach. Wow. So, hi. So, what can you tell me about your home? Well, it has the light of Mashiach in it. Wow. I'd like to come visit your home. So, that's quite a, right, because the 30, we, all, we know all this, but the 36 hours um, until the darkness, as when Adam Arishan sinned, till the darkness descended upon the world from, I think, including um, from the beginning of creation. I don't remember the exact hours, but those 36 hours uh, when there was still light before non-light entered the world after the first Shabbos of creation, those 36 hours correspond to the 36 candles plus, 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 plus. Well, there are many other, maybe I'll discuss it tomorrow, many other ways we understand that the light of Mashiach is embedded in the Hanukkah candles. When Hashem created the world, well, I'm explaining it now. When Hashem created the world, He said, let there be light. But then He concealed that light. 
in order to make a world. He concealed that light. Where are you going to put it? It's kind of too big to put anywhere and hide it. So he hid it, he concealed it in the lights of, of the Menaira, of the Hanukkah Menaira, in the Hanukkah lights. That's where he concealed it. He also concealed it in Tyra. So when you look at words of Tyra, you feel something. Some people feel way more than just something. When you look at the lights of the Menaira, the light of the Hanukkah lights, you feel something. Everybody feels something. Some people feel much more than just something. The great tzaddikim, they didn't just feel something. They felt Mashiach. So there it is in your Menaira. And your Menaira is literally sitting on that bridge between, with the light of Mashiach shining out into a very dark world. We happen to right now, at this second, be in quite a dark world, as I say every single time. So what's Hanukkah going to do for that? So, here's the question. Why not a meal? Why do you eat a meal for a holiday? Why on Pesach do you eat a meal? Eating a meal means you're going to wash for bread, so you're going to have bread, and you have to have some kind of a drink to wash it down, so you're going to have bread and water, essentially. And then you'll have, at a meal, quite honestly, you have bread and water and oil and wine, or kiddush, and oil. Oil. Okay. Because when you think about it, okay, all right, everybody, you ready for the Suda for Pesach? Yeah. Okay, what does that mean, Suda? Must you have chicken? Is better. But if you don't, a Suda means you wash and you have a piece of bread and you drink something and you make Kiddush on wine. And then there's some kind of, and the oil is the the yummy food, the oily, greasy, non-fat-free food. So what are these? Why do we have these four foods? Bread and water according to according to Pneumisatera, bread and water are physical embodiments of what's called nigla of Tyra. And wine and oil are physical embodiments of of Razinda Tyra, the secrets of Tyra. So there's the external Tyra and there's the internal Tyra. The external Tyra is the halachas. You know, hmm, here's a cookie. What are you supposed to do with the cookie? Well, you have what kind of bracha do you make on the cookie? How much do you have to eat to say the bracha? How much do you have to eat to say a, a bracha afterwards? Do you have to sit or stand when you drink water? Can you... you have to be sitting to drink water to say the bracha? All those things. What do you do? So here's a cookie. What do you do with the cookie? How do you know what to do? You learn Nigla of Tyra. The halachas. The way it's done is the Gemara, Mishnah, Gemara, that explain in a very complex way what the actual halacha brings you to, what the actual halacha is, to teach you what to do with the cookie. But then I want to know something more than just what to do with it. Actually, let's take the idea of um, latkes. Let's do latkes better. Latkes, well, donuts. Okay, let's do donuts. Here's a donut. Okay, what's a brach on a donut? Actually, I have donuts that are shahakal. 
What's a bracha on a donut? What do you do with it? How much do you have to eat? Do you have to sit? Do you have to stand when you say the bracha? Say a bracha afterwards. What do you do with it? Okay. Now, then there are other people who come along and say, what is a donut really? I know what you have to do with it. How did you figure it out? Nigla of Gemara. Halacha. But what is a donut really, really? Which that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. What is it really? What's the secret of a donut? Why do we eat a donut on Hanukkah? What is it? Why is, what is it embodying? What is it in its spiritual source? We said the spiritual source of halacha, of nigla of tire, is bread and water. Basics. To live a Jewish life, a basic Jewish life, you need basic food. Basic food is bread and water. Basic Judaism is halacha. It's just basic. You just need this to survive. But to thrive and to understand what it's really all about, for that, you need not the basics. You need the the deeper stuff, the more luxurious stuff. Wine and oil. Wine and oil are the physical counterparts of the secrets of Torah. The secrets of Torah tell you what it really is all about, not just what you do with it. What is it? What is a donut really? So, why do you need to have those secrets? Why do you need to have wine and oil at a meal? Or why do you? Let's take it spiritually. Why do you need to have the secrets of Torah? What's wrong with just being told what to do? I always tell the story. Where did you get from? I went to a rabbi and I said, let's talk about Judaism. And he said, Judaism is all about law. And I said, oh, thank you very much. And I walked out. It did not sound very, I mean, it's not like I didn't know what Yiddishkeit was, but I wanted to hear him say it. When he said it that way, it sounded so dry. I just said, thank you so much. And I left. It wasn't for me. You know, I'm not going to become more observant for your laws. It's just not appealing. I, I, I already have enough bread and water, basic dry bread and water. Give me something a little juicy. So Hashem creates us that we need something a little more tasty. What do we need? We need Da Eseloke Avicha. Know the God of your, fa- your father, Hashem. So that you can serve him with a whole heart. If I'm going to be the servant to Hashem, I want to know who he is. That I should be a servant to him. In fact, it's not just because I'm a spoiled jack. Everybody wants to know that. Who is Hashem really? Let's get to know him. Because there comes a point at which you can be very obedient to somebody to a point, And then you just shut down because you can't remember why you should be obedient to them you can only go so far on Kabbalah Sol and then you just become passive aggressive kind of shut down you know like yeah I'm doing what I wanted what I'm supposed to do but I don't I don't feel any excitement about it just like you know you live a very gray life like 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 they want to impose on the world you know worldwide communist system it's very gray it's very like, just do what you have to do and don't ask questions. 
Nobody won't. It's gray. We're not cut out. We as Yidden are not. We're too feisty for that. Hashem created us feisty. Because Hashem is feisty, and he wants us to be feisty. We're his kala. Hashem is looking for a feisty kala, and he got one. That's us. And we want to know who the chasen is. Elokei Avicha, Hashem, our Father. So when, so so the spiritual counterpart of wine and oil is the secrets of Tyra that enable us to know Hashem, our Father, and our and Elokeinu, and it gives us chayes and kainuk. Life force and holy pleasure. We're not spoiled jacks that we want to know Hashem and we want it to be delicious. Hashem created us that we want it to be delicious. You notice that Jewish people are very into food. They're called foodies by definition. You know, the, probably the best, the best customers for, there are a lot of kosher restaurants. Why are there so many kosher restaurants? Because Yidden are foodies. They like good food. They'll spend money on food. They like ah oh, that this well this 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 pasta was amazing. It could have made the pasta at home. Oh this pizza. I know how to make pizza at home. Yidden are foodies. They like pleasure. They like pleasure. We're not dry basic people at all. We're foodies. So we're spiritual foodies too. We like pleasure in the relationship with Hashem. And so does he. He doesn't want a dry, basic kala. He wants a a foodie kala, a, a, a kala that 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 appreciates tainug, godly tainug, holy tainug. He does. So, in this, in these two kinds of, I mean, we're jumping back and forth from the physical to the spiritual, but. In this level of tainuk, pleasure in the relationship with Hashem. Again, there's the basic one, like do what Hashem says. Got it. We're doing that. But in the pleasurable part, who is Hashem really and why is he our chassan and why are we his kala and how do we match and how do we fit together and wow, and what does he feel and what does he think, etc. So there are two, the, these, so he has to reveal secrets to us. And there are two kinds of secrets. Here are the deep secrets that you can somehow access if you work really hard. But then there are the really, really deep secrets that you can't get to by yourself. Wine represents the the medium deep secrets. Wine is something that you don't have to have to exist. A person can live without wine, physically. They can survive without wine. So when we drink wine, it's not like water. We don't just slug it, juggle it, slug it, juggle, whatever it is. You know, we don't just drink a bunch of wine with a straw. We drink it at special times and a certain amount. If you're doing things right in a holy way, we drink it on Shabbat, on Yontif, etc. Maybe at Fabrengan. And we drink it and we treat it with covet, with respect, with uh, dignity. It's a mashka chashev. It's a important drink that has its own bracha. It's not just another drink. Yo, who wants a drink? Okay, give me some of that wine. No. 
it's not like just, you know, you want orange juice, grape juice. No, you want orange juice or lemon juice or uh, this juice or that juice. No, I want grape juice. All right, fine. No, no, no. It's not just another drink. It's wine. It has its own bracha. It has its own spiritual source. It's not just a drink, basic drink. I'm thirsty, so drink wine. You don't drink wine because you're thirsty. It's chashav. It's important. It has a special place in our lives. It has its own bracha, Priyagafan. Because in its spiritual source, it has its own place. It's special. Its spiritual source is the secrets of Tyra, the secrets about Hashem, the secrets about life, the secrets about who a Jew is, the secrets about our relationship with Hashem, the secrets about our relationship with the world, the secrets about the world. All of those secrets are embedded in the spiritual source of wine. And when those secrets are brought down, they are represented by a physical drink called wine. So remember, bread and water represent the basics in life, basic halacha, survival, basic halacha. Wine represents, denotes the secrets of Tyre. Now, what is oil? As we said, there are four foods at a meal. What is oil? Oil, why do you have it? For pleasure. Oily food tastes better than fat-free food. If it didn't, <laughs> they make a big deal about fat-free food, trying to make it taste like it has fat in it. You know, it's expensive, fat-free cookies, and they're not fun to eat. But they, they do their best to try to make them taste good. Just fat food tastes good, as long as it's not overdone. It makes it pleasurable, and it makes it satisfying. You know, something to stick to your bones makes it pleasurable. It adds pleasure in the food. Should I tell for the 5,000th time the man, non-Jewish man who was standing outside of Mermelstein's, he came in and he said, wow, this sure does smell good. Well, I shouldn't say the name of the story. And he said, I'm on a fat-free and salt-free diet. And they said, well, yeah, our food is not fat-free. They probably at this point have fat-free and salt-free. I'm sure they do. But um, <laughs> you don't go to a Jewish place for fat-free and salt-free food. I mean, that's our specialty. Fat, salty. <laughs> you know, but fatty, fatty food. You know, um, overnight kiggle, you know, and the chulent and, you know, with the grease, with the oil on the top. And the, that's what we do. You know, I'm thinking, what else? You know, the the the, 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 the knishes with the oil in them and that's the way we do things, you know. Put the oil in. Kainuk, pleasure, satisfying. They're satisfying foods. Then you drink a bunch of seltzer to wash it all down because it's heavy food. The truth is we don't. So bread and water, you could just eat a bunch and drink a bunch. Wine, you drink a certain amount. Can't take too much. And oil, you can't even drink. By drinking a cup of it, hey, anybody thirsty? You want a cup of oil? Uh, uh, no, it's okay. I'll pass. What we do is we mix it with other foods. 
and just a little bit. And the dogma is, remember we said wine goes on the secrets of Tyra. What kind of secrets of Tyra does it denote? The secrets of Tyra that you can reveal. It's like wine, that, you know, you can drink it by itself and it's there. But oil denotes that wine is on rasin de Tyra, the secrets of Tyra. Oil denotes rasin de rasin, the secrets of the secrets of Tyra. Higher than something, higher than can be revealed. These are secrets that you can't really reveal. Like, what's the counterpart? Oil that is not fit to be consumed as a drink by itself. It can be harmful. You know how it says, when you light the Menaira, you have no permission to just make use of the oil, the, the Hanukkah lights, the oil of the Hanukkah lights. You know, just, oh, I can't see this text on my phone. Okay, let's see. Bring your phone over near the Hanukkah flames and look, you can't do that. It's something that you can't just, you can't, you can't reveal that light. It's a very deep light that isn't, it's a, it's a very deep light, the Hanukkah light, the oil. It's like a secret that's so deep you can't really reveal it. It's like the oil, you can't really drink the oil. So then what do you do? You take the oil and you mix it with another food. That's called a donut. That's called a donut. You mix it with another food. The way you taste the oil is through another food. On Hanukkah, it's the whole thing. The whole yantav is about oil. We don't celebrate it by drinking oil. We eat latkes that are oily. We eat donuts that are oily. But it's mixed with something else. Because it's too deep and too high and denotes secrets that are too deep and too high to just throw out there in the streets. Too high to be revealed. Has to come filtered. The knowledge of Hashem has to come in a filtered way. To process. So the Maila, the Chiddush of Hanukkah over other, every other Yantas is that we don't celebrate it with a meal, but we celebrate it with Halal and Hoida by lighting the Menaira. Because of the miracle of the oil, of the oil. Because Hanukkah is connected with oil. The oil of Tyra. The Razin de Razin. The secrets of the secrets of Tyra. The secrets of the secrets of life. Of the world. Of Hashem. Of you. Of your relationship. This is higher than just the plain secrets. Razin de Razin is way higher than Razin. The oil is way higher and much deeper than the wine. And its spiritual source, the spiritual source of, of oil is way deeper and higher than the spiritual source of wine. And of course, it much higher than bread and water. 
And because of the great myla, the great level of oil of the of, of the secrets of Cyrus, um, we don't celebrate it by actually eating it by itself. So So we'll continue this tomorrow, and we'll end on the following question. If this oil and the, and the yantas of Hanukkah is from the deepest place, it really is. We understand. If we're celebrating it not with bread and water, which is more basic, and not even with just wine, which is more basic, we're celebrating it with the deepest of the deepest, the highest of the highest, this, 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 Yantif is all about oil, the deepest secrets, the deepest, highest secrets of truth. The highest level. It's one of the highest Yaman Taivim, one of the highest holidays. So, of course, we'll end on the question, then why exactly did this holiday happen when it happened? It didn't happen in a holy time in history. It was between, it was, um, first of all, it's not a, a holiday. It's not a yuntif from the Torah. It's not written in the Torah that you should celebrate Hanukkah. If it's the highest of the highest, it would be written in the Torah, and it's not. Not like Pesach and Shavuos. It tells you in the Torah, keep Pesach, keep Shavuos, keep Sukkot. Torah doesn't tell us. It's Mida Rabbanan. And not only that, when did it happen? At the time of the second base of Mesa, which was a lower time. A time when the evil, it happened at a very, very dark time in history. The world was filled with tremendous darkness. How does such a profound light come out when the world is so dark? Then, and now too, when the world is so dark, what is Hanukkah for us now? And what was it that and who was it? The Greeks. Why them? How were they Zaycha to somehow help us bring out a Yantas that is so deep and so high that it brings out the deepest secrets of, of truth? And the and the beginning of the answer, which we'll continue tomorrow, is that the Seder, when Tyre is revealed from the beginning of time all the way into Yemaisa Mashiach, is that the greater the darkness, the more the darkness increases, the more there's a revelation of light, Tara'ar, to light up the world. But, and, and so what we see is there was a necessity at that moment in history to bring out the big guns, to bring out the deepest, the, the very deepest levels of Tyra and truth to overcome the darkness. But still all the questions remain that we'll discuss tomorrow. Why then? Why there? Why them? Why those people? Why? Etc. How? And then we end today with the idea that as dark as it seems in the world, and it's, it's not a fun world <laughs> right now, how is it then? What is Hanukkah for us in, let's say this year, Tafshin Pei Beis, Klaus Bakul? 
How can we be in a time when the decade of plo'os, plo'os is al-nisecha, al-niplei secha, al-niplei secha, al-yeshua secha, that's what we sing, when, that's what we say in the Nusach of Hanukkah. We are celebrating in these days of Hanukkah, not just miracles, niflaos, pelez. Miracles that are so high that we don't see them as miracles. Wonders, wondrous miracles, we don't see them as wonders. Because they come looking like darkness. That's the scenario. That's the backdrop for the revelation of the light of Mashiach. Perfect. Not, huh, we can't have the revelation of Mashiach. Now it's so dark in the world. No, 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 no. Nifla secha, val nisecha, val nifla secha. The niflaos, the pelas that were revealed in the world at the time of Hanukkah came specifically on purpose by Hashem in the time of the dark, greatest darkness. A very, very, very great spiritual darkness, which we'll talk about tomorrow. So we can take heart and realize that sure it doesn't look like fun in the world now and this is the backdrop for the revelation of the light of Mashiach of miracles in our lives and miracles in the world and the dissolution the melting of all the darkness into pure light, the light of Mashiach and may it be immediately now may we find ourselves seeing the lighting of the Menaira in the base of Mikdash Shlishi, experiencing the glory of the Menaira shining out and illuminating the entire world in the face of Mikdash immediately now. Pray the Chanukah to everyone.